Welcome back to the GSPN Podcast. I am your host, Ma, and we are up to episode six right now. Episode six, man, we brought in uh, my man, Mike Massacre Favor, man, and uh, good talk with this brother, man. Um, another one of y'all that just 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 knows they fucking sports, man. Um these conversations have been really good for me because you really get to see that we, you know, all of us don't have all day to sit there and type a bunch of shit, but everybody that I talk to on, on this podcast really knows they fucking sports. We don't agree on everything, and you shouldn't, because if we did, the shit wouldn't be no fucking fun. Um, but yeah, man, good talk with Mike, man. I would love to, he touched on wrestling a little bit. I could see he probably got a little knowledge on that. I would have loved to have get more into that with him. But we definitely got into a lot of Knicks, a lot of NBA, a lot of LeBron, a lot of Jordan, a lot of Patrick Ewing, Myths. What? Well, you know what? Let me stop talking about that and let y'all get into the episode. I will say, keep make sure you stay tuned, though, man. We got that Scott episode coming up soon. We got Patrick coming up soon. We got, um, 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 shit, man. I, I really should, like, think these out or write these out before I get started talking shit. I guess it wouldn't be as authentic, though. I'm not scripted. I don't, I'm not going to be. Fuck that. I'm not going to worry about being scripted. But all the motherfucking names that you see on your comments and shit, at some point, I'm going to get them motherfuckers in here, and they're going to have to do this shit with me, too. We're going to see what the fuck they know about what. Anyway, GSPN Podcast, Episode 6, Mike Massacre Favor. Let's get right into it. <laughs> What's up, mom? What's up with it, my dude? Man, I heard that noise for like two minutes. I'm sitting up there like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> and you know what? <laughs> Other people that told me that too, but it's like, ain't nobody called me on the damn app, so I don't know how to tell you what to do. You know what I'm saying? I'm right. always That's doing like, the calling. Because you got to be on the app when the call comes. It won't show you like that. It's a call coming. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. Well, for the rest of the listeners... Make sure y'all uh pay that attention. Yeah, I was sitting there like, man, like what is that noise on my phone? Right, right. Well, I'm glad we got you on here, man. And hey, man, make sure yeah. hey, say your name for me, man. I know I got the mic part down. Pronounce oh, the middle part. The middle part is just massacre, but I spelled it different. Okay. Okay, I just want to make sure I don't fuck it up. You know, sometimes people's names be meaning something or whatnot, and you say it wrong. It's like, that ain't my name. I don't want to fuck nobody's name up. Oh, no, nah, it's just massacre. But I remember this girl used to think it was like some African name. I was like, nah, man, it's just a nickname. I so thought she was a Muslim or something. I was like, boy, let me say something. <laughs> nah, when I, was, when I was rapping, when I was like 15, a friend of mine gave me the name of Massacre. And then I was just like, I don't like it, don't look right spelled that way as a rapper. So then I just spelled it how I wanted to spell it. Okay, that's what's up. That's what's up. Hey, right, my dude, now, now look, my, that, that guy in my time, man. He told oh, me. Oh, that's my time, man. Yeah, boy. I can see, boy. He sounds like, man, you got, I know you heard. He, you got to get Mike on her. You have to get him on her. <laughs> yeah, man. Ty's my guy. The the biggest Knicks fan I know. Man, now, now where are you out of? 
I'm from Queens. Queens, okay, that's where you stand at, up in Queens, New York. Yeah. That's what's up, dog. Your accent ain't as deep as his. Nah, he he got the he got the definite New York accent. Boy, I'm talking about breath smell like uh big ass pizza, and, and... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he got the he got the when you think of New York, he got the accent. Right, New York. He got the whole New York thing going on. Hey man, when we came out there, it was the funniest shit in the world. Because he was like, we went out there. We we came out there like five years ago to St. Louis, right? Yeah. And he went he went in the White Castle, and they knew like he was from New York, and he was like, "How they knew?" I'm like, "Man, it's your accent. Like you can't <laughs> not. Know. How can you not know you from New York?" Boy, how they know? He thought he was undercover, like he was doing some. I could have just as easily been from Cali. No. Yeah, but like, I'm from New York, and I know you got a New York accent, so I know everybody else though. Boy, his shit is strong, man. So you 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 born and raised in Queens? No, nah, I was born I was born in the Bronx, but I moved to Queens when I was like real young. Okay, was the Bronx crazy? Like like Charlemagne be saying. Man, the Bronx in the in the eighties, like I I only lived there for like six months, but you know, like it's not New York ain't but so like the city of New York ain't but so big, so you be all over the place. So, like the Bronx in the eighties, man, the nineties, this shit was crazy. It's like a, it looked like a war zone out there. Ah, uh, because it was the the whole crack epidemic and everything. Yeah, like Queen Queens had it too. Like everywhere in New York had it, but it was like the Bronx especially was like this shit was rough. Like Queens had it, but it was only like in certain areas. Like the area I grew up in in Southside, that like that, you know, that's where like Fifty and Nicki Minaj and G Unit and all them from. Like right, that Southside Jamaica Queens. Yeah, like I grew up, I grew up in that area, so like. Back then, it was rough out there, but it, like, you don't know it when you're living in it. You know what I'm saying? It's just like this is every day. This is my neighborhood. Right? Yeah. Especially being a kid, I can relate to that. I uh, I grew up. In- yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like you see certain shit, and it's just like, oh, all right. Like, I guess, like that's what it is. Right. That's all I know. So shit. <laughs> yeah, man. So what? So as far as sports, man. Who you huh? Squad? Who who your squads in sports? Who are your teams? Um, the Yankees, my team. Okay. The sorry, okay. ass, the sorry ass Jets, and as most as most as most people know, I used to be. Oh shit! Hello. Yeah, you did one of them. <laughs> my fault about that, man. I pressed the button and messed it up. Oh, it's all good. I'm glad that you explained it. I'm glad it's your fault because I just fucked up everybody. <laughs> nah, but uh, yeah, most people know I used to be growing up. I was a Knicks fan, and then they traded Patrick Ewing. And I I can't do it. Oh, now that's a now that's a real fan right there. So you, Patrick Ewing, is your guy. Yeah, not you know what it was, man. It was like I felt like they owed him more loyalty than that. Right, I it, it was like, man, that guy gave that team 15 years. They didn't get him nobody else he could that could play like that until he was like 30 something. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, man, how y'all just gonna trade him away? It wasn't, 
it wasn't until later I found out that he asked to be traded away because he like he got tired of his teammates saying that they didn't need him. But still, it was like, man, that's Patrick Ewing. You owe him more than that to me. You know what I mean? Yeah, I can agree to that, man. And I'm 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 really glad to hear that perspective of it because, you know, so often we hear about um players and the expectation for them to be loyal. And that's that's you know, I guess the I don't know where the where that comes from. The higher ups kind of keep that floating out there. And I just believe that's bullshit because when you see a guy like um Patrick Ewan who did get traded away and even if he did, I don't know the story behind that. I'm going to have to do some research, so I don't want to, you know, um, throw anything out there that I'm not educated on. But right. even if he did ask to be traded, it was because of the shit going on on the team. Right. And, you know, you know, like what it is, too, is like I think when you when you live in, in the city, you get a different perspective of a team than, like, say, like, I probably like I'm a LeBron fan, right? I probably would know more about the Cavs if I lived in Cleveland and they was on the news every day and they had their own channel than just watching it from ESP, uh, ESPN perspective. You know what I mean? Like, absolutely. You get it. So it was like, man, like I, people in New York used to dog you, and man, a lot of people don't realize that. Like he used to get dogged out here, man. Really. Yeah, yeah, man. Listen, anybody from New York that tell you that you and didn't get dogged out here, they they lie. Cause he, they used to talk about you and dirty man. Every every season, it was we should trade him. He's a bum. He's this. He's that. And where did like that he from? Just because you know what it was. Honestly, I believe it was like we. New York was so focused on Jordan and the Bulls and what they was doing, and we wanted to be that. And when when we didn't get that from him, it was like, oh, he's a bum. Because it was like we set the – we looked at it like we New York. We should be winning. You know what I mean? And then this nigga was just killing us every time he came here. Yeah. We started looking at you and like, man, why why we can't win like that? You know what I mean? But it was like, you can't win with the John Starks, man. No, you can't. And in that game seven in 94, uh, I would think y'all would have murdered John Starks. My name John Starks before uh, Patrick Ewing. No, I mean, trust me, Starks got it after that game seven. But it was it was because Ewing was the leader when you – it's the same thing with LeBron and anybody else. When you're the leader of the team, you're going to catch it. When they lose, it's your fault. You know what I mean? Right, man. I I, I mean, it's cold, but it's fair. I don't necessarily like it, but it's like, see, when you win and you up there by right. yourself taking all that praise, don't nobody say nothing about that. So, when you take that L, it's only fair. And the thing about the Knicks organization that I, I started to realize young was we always got people – early on in their career, right before they became who they were going to be. Or we got them late in their career when it was already done. Okay, give me an example of, of the early side. I can think of somebody late. So, like, late, you may like, like about we, had, we had Mark Jackson and we had Rod Strickland. You see what I'm saying? Like, Mark Jackson alone. Like, we would have been all right with Mark Jackson. Right, yeah, you would have been, yep. And we would have been all right with Ron Strickland, but we traded them away, and then they went to other places and did their thing. 
Damn, that's a very good point. I didn't even, uh, to be honest, I didn't even think anything about Rod Strickland. Yeah, like we had, we had nice point guards. We had, and they was both guys from the city, so they had the support behind them. You know what I'm saying? Right. And then they traded them away, and then they like, especially Mark Jackson. He went to other places and did his thing. And Zach Randolph was out there too for a while too, wasn't he? Yeah, man. Listen, man. We could have had we could have had Ron Artest in the draft. We could have had a lot of people. We had we had Jamal Crawford at one point. We had a lot of people, but we always get people. We always get people too early or too late. Or now it's like they just hear, like to me, the Knicks are what the Clippers were in the nineties. Now, you think they that bad? They're hard, man. Think about it, man. They're hard. Okay, they had a couple of years where they made the playoffs like this decade, but you knew they wasn't going nowhere. Okay, but even when you just say they had a couple of years where they made the playoffs this decade, that alone puts them over the Clippers. The- yeah, but where, all right, besides 2013, where was they going? Where did you, like, realistically, nobody thought the Knicks had a chance to even make it out the first round except for 2013. Nah, well, I you know what I don't want to <laughs> I don't want to bring up bad memories for you, brother. But no, nah, I mean we can talk about it, man. I, I've I've dealt with it. I've talked to people. I've okay. got it out of my system. <laughs> 2011, 2000, 2011, 2012. Uh, well, I guess 2010, 2011. I guess I should say uh, that that little two year span right there. I really still believe that Carmelo Anthony fucked y'all, man. I don't. I I do not understand the purpose of making a trade for a player who already tells you he's not going to play nowhere else. You know the situation with his wife. You know he has to come out there. Why? You on know, his part, too. Why not wait till free agency? Know, but, you know, the thing is, I, and I said it when he got traded here. I said this was a, a, a bad move, right? But then I had to look at it from – you, you're dealing with people in the front office who admittedly don't know nothing about basketball. So they don't do things for basketball purposes. They do things for name recognition. So Melo, being Melo, they didn't look at, we're going to trade away our whole team that we're developing for this guy. They didn't care about that. They looked at it, he's a name, he's going to bring tickets, he's going to bring money in. They wasn't looking at it from a basketball perspective. And that's been my problem with the Knicks since Patrick Ewan left, is they don't do things for basketball reasons. They do things because what's the, what they think is going to bring money in. I can believe that. Now, this is my problem with that, because we specifically talking about the Knicks. It, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm just repeating what I heard off TV right now. But the Knicks sell tickets regardless. The Knicks sell out. Bullshit. Yeah, because, because it's the garden. But eventually, like, all right, now in New York, a lot of people don't realize this. The garden isn't important anymore to New York City like it was all these other decades because now we have the Barclays Center. So the garden is kind of taking a back seat to the Barclays Center. It's just that the Nets are worse than the Knicks, so ain't nobody going to see them either. Uh, but, it, but they still split up some of that money. Right. 
Whereas at the 70s, 80s, 90s, no matter how bad the Knicks was, just the fact that you're going to the Garden sold tickets. And people, to be honest, people, the sad thing about the Knicks is people don't go to the Garden for the Knicks. They go to the Garden for who the Knicks are playing. So, like, if if a LeBron comes into town, people are going to go see that because they want to go see what LeBron is going to do. When Kobe was playing, they wanted to see what Kobe was going to do. The Warriors, they want to see what the Warriors are going to do. The Garden is, like, where people go to prove themselves. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. It's not, it's not like people are going because the Knicks are a good team. It's like we want to see what these other motherfuckers are going to do against y'all. And you know when LeBron comes to the Garden, he's going to show out. So you get your money's worth. Right, that does make sense. But, okay, but this, that's the thing, though. If, if It's like, if you know you're selling out anyway. Okay, so what, Melo, I guess, oh, I guess the thing is, Melo, he rolls the prices up on the ticket. So y'all going to sell out regardless, but Melo, right. now the sales go up, prices go up. Right. Because the same the same people that own the Knicks owns the Rangers. And low-key, New York is kind of a hockey town when it comes to the Rangers. So they make the money off the Rangers. And he and James Dolan knows what he's doing with the Rangers. He has no idea what he's doing with the Knicks. But he knows if we get certain people in here, that's money. When it was when it was Ewan and Oakley and all them guys, it was different management. They knew basketball. You know what I mean? Right. These, right. Guys, these guys now don't know basketball. And James Dolan's, one of his first moves was trading Patrick Ewan, which should show you right there. He doesn't know basketball. Not at all. And I would think, though, if, if, if I would think to the, uh, the diehard fan, the, the, the Spike Lee types, I would think that trading Patrick Ewan would hurt your pockets rather than, you know, help. Right. But, and that's what I always say, man, until people start saying, like, fuck this, we not going to show up for the games, they're going to continue to feed us bullshit as New Yorkers. Right. Yeah. See, same thing, same thing with with um the Yankees for a long time until this year or last year. Like for this whole decade mostly, especially after um Steinbrenner died, they gave us bullshit and they coasted on the fact that it was the Yankees. Right, so they and, two motherfuckers gonna come see us regardless. Stop playing. You go ahead. Yeah, they know they know they know it's Yankee Stadium. We, we, you know, we got the history. We got the name. At least the Yankees could go off their history. The Knicks can't even go off their history. That is damn, man. Okay, so but, what, what, what are your thoughts on Phil Jackson and the job he did? Was that all Phil's fault or, you know, what, what are your I thoughts? Think, I think um, it was the management fault because you gave Phil Jackson, Phil Jackson – a job outside of coaching and he had no clue what he was doing. And I think him taking that job and handling it how he did, it took a big hit to his legacy as Phil Jackson. Yeah. People started to look at him in a different light. Like he was kind of a dick. 
You know what I mean? Like nobody ever really thought about Phil Jackson in that way until he did his job for the Knicks. Yeah, and it's like it's a job that he didn't want either. They just kind of right. And if you and if you go back and you watch the press conference from when he came there, James Dolan. This is why I get the whole thing about James Dolan not knowing anything about basketball. They asked him why did he hire Ewing, and he said. I don't know anything about basketball, but I'm going to hire people who do. Yep. And that's when I was just like, you see, this is why the organization is the way it is. Like, so I'm not a fan anymore, but obviously I still watch what they do because I'm here and you still have an interest in the team because you're you're in the city. Right, right. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, then you've been doing it for so long, man. You know, we could talk all the shit we want to, but it's hard when you're a real fan to just turn the shit off and say, no, no I'm not doing that no more. That's hard. Right. And if you think about it, right, the same thing that happened to Phil Jackson happened to Isaiah Thomas, but on a way worse scale. Like, Isaiah Thomas wasn't seen as, like, the best guy, but his reputation was still okay before he went to the Knicks. And then after he after he um, was the coach of the Knicks and the general manager and all that, he was seen as like a piece of shit. Like, uh, yeah, but Isaiah Thomas was fucking up. Uh, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. It's like nobody there when they get there, they have they put people in place in jobs that they don't need to have. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, and. And they they make sure they get one star just to bring tickets in and nothing else. They had Stephon Marbury, but can you name anybody else that was on teams with Stephon Marbury back then? Damn. Uh, the Stephon Marbury Knicks? I, you know what? I don't think I, – I don't know, man. That's a that, – that, that's, yeah, that's a good point. I mean, the fact that I even got to think that hard, is, it, that makes your point right there. That's what I'm saying. They 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 know how to get one star, and then they don't know how to build around the star. Yep, I could agree to that. Even with Patrick Ewan, they never knew it. He had Ewan had defensive guys, but he didn't need he didn't need defensive guys like that. He needed a scorer. And if you really think about it, John Stockton was the J.R. Smith of his day. Yeah, he, one night. You might get you might get seven threes from John Stockton, and then he won't hit a three for the next three games. Absolutely, I agree with that. And you know, I'm a Bulls fan, so I had no problem with him being like that. Right. <laughs> you can imagine me sitting there watching all them games and just being like, "This fucking guy, man!" Like every time he got the ball, I just used to, "Oh Jesus Christ, man, that was rough, man." And, but you know what? Um, that 99 team, I know it was a lockout year and everything, but that 99 team to me is very underrated, man. I really thought the Knicks were really good that year. Oh, man, listen, that full point, when Larry Johnson hit the four-point shot in the Eastern Conference Finals, that was that was like one of the greatest sports moments of my life, man. Man, that shit was incredible, man. That shit was incredible. Once they got to the Spurs, I knew. I was like, they not. There's no way. And Ewan had a – I think he had a bad wrist that year. I was like, there's no way they're going to beat this team, especially without Ewan. 
Yeah, man. They had Young Duncan out there with with, with David Robinson. It was very uh, you know, yeah. Avery Johnson was nice. Sean Elliott was nice. They had they had three seven footers on their team at that time. They had Will Purdue. He wasn't much, but it was like you got three seven footers, and we don't even got Ewan in full health. Right, right. Yeah, it was rough. That was that was definitely a um, man. But I didn't I didn't think the Knicks was gonna get as bad as they got as fat. The moment I knew it was getting bad was when Jeff Van Gundy resigned at the beginning of the season. Then I was like, oh yeah, this this is going downhill fast. Now a lot of teams like um when you talk about uh like we talk about Toronto or we talk about LeBron's issue in Cleveland or we talk about a place like Milwaukee a lot of teams can use the uh, location as an excuse. You know, guys don't want to be certain places. I mean, it's understandable. You know, like if, if North Dakota had a basketball team, it ain't going to be people signing up to go to no fucking North Dakota. But, but um, New York that, that doesn't have that draw? Because, I mean, it is the Big Apple. Everybody knows New York. What I mean, what what is it about it where the free agents... Uh, the man, when... When people know your management ain't good, they're not going to come. Right. Because you got to think about it. Like, we we only know what we hear. So imagine what players know about the Knicks management that we don't know. Right, yeah. That's that's a good point. So if if they know, like, just the same thing with Cleveland. I don't think it's necessarily that people don't want to play with LeBron or they don't want to play with Cleveland. I think them outside of if they didn't have LeBron, you you've seen what the Cavaliers are capable of without LeBron. They had a four year run without LeBron, and they had the worst record in the league when he wasn't there. Right? Have you ever been to Cleveland? Nah, I I drove past it going to St. Louis, but I never like stopped over there. Good. Don't don't ever stop over there. It's not. It's, <laughs> it, it ain't shit, man. It's terrible. I done had to stay over there for some weekends, you know. Like I'm, a, I drive trucks, obviously, so you know I get shut down on the 34, man. Cleveland, right? Sucks. It sucks, bro. No, but you like I think it's the same thing. It's like it's no people know that management. First of all, the way they treated LeBron on his way out, no management should ever do that. I agree. I was telling David all the time, I wouldn't go back. You tell you talk to me like that. I, I look at it like that's your girl yelling out the front door to you. Fuck you, you punk motherfucker. You I'm not going back to that house ever. Kiss my Right. Ass. Like I'm like, you don't have to you don't have to like the decision. You don't have to like handle it. That's 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 debatable. But you as the owner, you should have known like at some point this guy might want to come back here. So let me let me make it so that we can leave the door open. He went back in spite of Dan Gilbert. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that that's the that's the getting getting now that we get into LeBron and the Cavs, we could talk about obviously everybody's favorite subject. That's what kills me about this thing with Kyrie and the value people place on Kyrie Irving. It's like You've seen what he done without LeBron. It, it wasn't much. You know what I mean? Like, 
LeBron saved that franchise twice. And for them to treat him the way they did when he left the first time, I'd have never went back. Me neither. I'm 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 with you hundred percent. And on the Kyrie thing, man. Uh elaborate on, elaborate on Kyrie a little bit. I I think I think Kyrie's a great player, but I don't think he's a team leader as as people like to make him out to be. Because and even though he was young, we've seen what he's done as as a team. When he had his own team, we've seen what he did. Yeah. And it wasn't it wasn't much. And we 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 haven't the fact that Boston did so well without him doesn't still doesn't say much about him. Yeah, I said that too, man. Like uh I mean, pretty much, he's 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 still not in a position where I'm gonna look next season and say Kyrie's the reason they did whatever. Because right now, it's, it's like you had Brown and you had Brad Stevens. You take those two things away, and you've done nothing. Right, and even with Brad Stevens, he's a he's a great coach, right? But what I realized about Brad Stevens is he gets credit for being the guy that almost gets it done. Mm. All the time. Because even when he coached that Butler, they almost won the championship, but they didn't win the championship. The Celtics almost make the finals, but they don't make the finals. Yo, yo, that is a good-ass point, man. That's a good-ass fucking point, man. If he was a player, we'd be great. Like we kill we kill LeBron every year because he gets to the finals but he doesn't win. And but people will say, Oh well, Brad Stevens is the best coach in the league. How are you the best coach in the league? You never been to a finals. Right. We just throw him right over Popovich. Right. How? Like you never when he when if you remember when he was in Butler, they were one um Gordon Hayward shot away from winning the championship. Right, it didn't and go. They got killed. They got killed in the. They got killed in the conference finals last year without Isaiah Thomas. They lost this year in the conference finals to a to a uh, a Cavs team that was way like just on a visual scale, not records or statistics or anything like that. On a visual level, this Cavs team was way worse than last year's team, and they still lost. And, and you know, being honest, man, they never, they never had a, they never had a chance, right? Because, and like, I just feel like eventually, do you know what it is with me in Boston? Danny Ainge gets in the way of the Celtics almost every time. Because he, I, I feel like he's one of those people. He tries to outthink everybody, and sometimes he gets it right. But he never quite gets it to the point where they're in a position to win. And forget a championship. They can't even win in the Eastern Conference. Mm. Because, all right, you got – he, and I got my own personal feelings about Isaiah Thomas as a person now because of how he's acted this season. But you got rid of a guy who – 
pretty much gave you his life for his team. You know what I mean? Like, he lost his sister. This nigga played injured and the whole nine, and you just said, fuck him. Hey, you know what? That's, this is why, I don't know if you read that post I put up uh, a few days back, but just what, what you bring up with Patrick Ewing, which was a good point, and then Isaiah Thomas, which is another good point. Now, don't get me wrong. I understand that if we want to look for a reason to get rid of somebody, you'll always find it. So I'm not saying they right. have a reason. But when it comes to players, you know, you hear, especially when it's, whether it's LeBron, KD, or whoever the fuck, uh, they not look. They switch teams again. They did this again. These these teams will ship your black ass out of here, or cut you, or anything at the drop of a hat. You know, you know what I think it was why people hated on LeBron so much after he made his decision in 2010. We never seen it before. But ain't that normally ain't that normally a good thing? Ain't that what made Michael Jordan? No, because you got to think about it like this, right? People, I feel like people were looking for a reason to not like LeBron up until that point. But they didn't, really, they didn't really have one. And then he did the press conference and then it was the, the, the fucking festival outside the arena. So then it was like, all right, now we have a reason not to like you. Yeah. And we never we we never saw a player take his power into his own hands and be like fuck this i'm leaving and i'm going to fucking do a press conference and have a party and so people were like we don't like that right even though we had never seen it before it's our first time seeing it but the first time right but just, yeah, oh, yeah like when it's the first time seeing it usually it's like ah oh, yeah we don't now, if somebody did it, like KD gets hate, right? But he doesn't get as much hate as LeBron gets because LeBron softened the blow for KD. Now, see, now, okay. Now, I somewhat, I somewhat agree to that. But where, where I disagree is that, uh, one, uh, the, obviously the glaring reasons it's not the same move based off the fact that, you know, LeBron went to a team that was not as good as his team. He didn't go to a right. team that beat him, you know, or right. that he played or had any contact with at all. But that's exactly – that's what I'm saying. Based on what KD did, right, yeah. should he not be more hated than LeBron James? Yeah, I, I, I think so. Um but I, but to me, my opinion on it, I don't, I don't dislike either move in in the sense of leaving and going somewhere where you want to go. I don't care. Wait, I, I don't mind it. I mean, I minded for, I minded the KD move from a standpoint of I'm a LeBron fan and I know they just fucked up everything, right? But yeah. from a business standpoint and a and a uh, a basketball standpoint, it's like. If that's how you want to win your championships, I can't knock you because they would have, they would, OKC one day would have got rid of him eventually. Had he got injured or had he got old, they would have got rid of him. So why not leave them first? Absolutely. But, let's be honest too, right? If we, if we just being flat out honest, you could go back in time and you got the choice 
of watching LeBron stay with the Cavs and them try to do whatever, watching KD stay with OKC, and you never get to see the Heatles or you never get to see these Warriors teams. But I think I but, like but what I will say, the, the difference between LeBron and KD is LeBron didn't have a Russell, a Russell Westbrook. You see what I'm saying? So we already knew if he would have stayed there, he would have struggled. He probably still wouldn't have a ring today. Yeah, right? I don't think he would have. You're asking somebody to win because, because if you think about it, if LeBron stays in Cleveland these past eight years and never left, they don't have an opportunity to draft a Kyrie. Right, right. Because he he still would have he still would have had them having good regular seasons. They just wanted this shit in the playoffs. Whereas Kevin Durant, he left to a better team in a better situation, but he still had a Russell Westbrook to fall back on. And they still were one game away from the finals. They just didn't know how to keep it together. One game away from the finals, five games away from a championship. Five Ws from a championship, one from a finals. So that's what makes right. it with him. It's like, like, damn, dude. Like, you like you was up 3-1 on these guys. You're talking about you literally get five more Ws and you're the NBA champion. So you went from a team that was five Ws away and joined a team that was one W away. Right. And it's like what in that situation when he joins them, what do you expect from a LeBron? You know what I mean? Like who who else can he get at that point to beat this team? Now he has once again it goes back to now he has the power to create what he wants to create. But for the last huh? I said, I yeah. Like, legit like so it. now, this shit is like an arms race between Golden State and Le- But the fact that it's even a whole team versus a LeBron when it comes to these moves is crazy when you think about it. Yeah, uh, well, you know what? I think we exaggerate that a little bit. I mean, obviously, we can't deny the fact that, you know, they beat LeBron's team beat uh, Curry's team, though the Cavs beat the Warriors, I should say, and you know they they made a move to get better. So there's no denying that you know they it was obviously uh, with LeBron in mind initially, but at the same time, man, they got KD to whoop everybody's ass. You know yeah, what I mean? They, That's a- but they already, but you gotta think about it like this: they already knew they 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 can make it through the West without Durant. You know what I mean? They were making it through the rest without Durant, the Pat, the the two seasons before. Well, the, the well, think about this though: the two birds with one stone. Yeah, they can make it without Durant, but how many more times did they believe they were going to get through Durant? So if you got an opportunity to get better and kill the Thunder in one swoop. But then uh, that's true. But then you got to think about it like this: their whole reason for bringing the. Um, what's his name? Draymond Green said himself, we don't need him for the regular season. They don't even need him for... They needed him specifically for when it came time to face LeBron. Right. Now, even Michael Jordan, the Jordan rules, I guess you could count that. But this is what killed me about teams in the 90s. 
they had so and you hear it now, they had so much pride in the fact that I never left my team, I never did this, I never grouped up to play with blah blah blah. If they would have did that, he might not have had six championships. Right. I agree with that. But everybody was so stuck on nobody tried to figure out how do we beat the Bulls. You know what I mean? Yeah, because they was all about and I and what I hate to, you know, be that guy, but I, I chunk it up to having the the, 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 the slave mentality, the workhorse mentality. And it's like um, when guys bring up Michael Jordan, I don't think they really even understand the whole story and how Michael Jordan put in all that work and they talk about what they wouldn't do. I wouldn't switch teams because basically you was a racehorse. That's right. how you were to these white men. You know, they hit you on the ass and you go out there and run as hard as fast as you can and right. they pay you a little something, but, you know, they make the most money. But Michael Jordan found out he was a nigger when he went in there after he was done playing, so he wanted to be a part of the Bulls organization. They told him kiss his kiss they ass. Right. And he he took whatever he could get. Washington said, You yeah, we might I'll think about letting you do a little something if you put on this monkey suit and you know, put your monkey suit back on and get out there and, and, and sell some tickets, nigga, and then I might we'll see what I might let you do. Right. And that's the whole Washington Wizards thing came behind that. He wasn't trying to win no championship. They talked him into some shit, thinking that he they were gonna let him into the good old boys club. And then when it, you know after he was done with that, they nah, you still not in. We gave you, I give you a job. You want yeah, a job? Yeah. You. Right. And then if you think about it, right, they did some old like Joe Lewis bullshit with Michael Jordan on the Wizards. It said, look, man, like you can make us some more money if you play for us than if you in the front office. So we got you in this front office position and you want to play, but you can't really go nowhere else because you work for us. So just play for us for a couple of years. Yep. And he did it. Yeah. And he found a he found a good position. The what the thing that people don't realize is Charlotte was owned by um the dude that that founded BET. So you had a black man in position in Charlotte that was willing to give another black man a chance. Yep. That's what it was. Yep. Had it not been for him, Jordan was th- Jordan, we don't know what he would be doing, but he wouldn't be where he is right now, owning the Bobcat what the Bobcats, the Hornets, whatever they called this year. Like, you know what I mean? Like he's he and it's so much that goes into Jordan that people don't realize. It's like, all right, he's the greatest player of all time. We get that. But the thing with him and Kobe that they have over LeBron is that they had front offices that know what they're doing and that listen to them or didn't listen to them when the idea didn't make sense. Yeah. Well, you you know what? That's a good point you bring up too. Cause I even think back to this Kyrie trade. And um, if you remember in the nineties, uh, it, it might've been a total of three, four times that Scottie Pippen was rumored to be traded. Right. And, Every time Michael Jordan stood up and said something, I give him his props on that because he, if the if the average fan can't understand what the team around meant to Michael Jordan, at least he did to where he's like, "Nah, you trade Scottie Pippen, I, uh-uh, I got, right. I'm gonna retire you." 
So I look at LeBron, he doesn't want Kyrie traded. Michael Jordan didn't want Pippen traded. Michael Jordan and Pippen go on to win rings because the management says, Mike, don't like that. We ain't going to do that. Dan Gilbert don't say LeBron don't like that. We're not going to do that. He literally trades the second and and possibly soon to be, maybe not right now, but Kyrie probably could have stand under LeBron's tutelage. He probably could end up being the best player on the Cavaliers in the next three to five years. I feel like he, I feel like the argument was already beginning to as as whose team is this? You know what I mean? Because when you have a guy that you gotta think about it, he he hit the three in the finals, right? And then he turns around that following Christmas game and hits the game winning shot. So then you start looking like, well, damn, is he really getting LeBron out of these situations? Like, is this his squad or, you know what I mean? Like, and I think after LeBron didn't care. Like, all right, I'll let you have – people don't realize he let Kyrie take that. He said for Kyrie to take that shot. Yeah, I mean, it's like shit. He don't want to do it. That's what. That's what all. You know, that's what the narrative has been his whole career. He don't want to be the clutch guy at the end. So shit. Right. One now. Don't see the problem. So he knew he. That's that was the shit that killed me. Is like, why would he want Kyrie to go when he was the one pushing Kyrie to be the closer? Right. Right. Exactly. And we had no evidence now. Don't get me wrong, I understand Kyrie's interview was a little weird and it did seem like he was hiding something. But fact of the matter is, he never said, I don't want to play with LeBron. Yeah, because he can't, because he couldn't, you can't, like, this is the thing that kills me too, is everybody's talking about, I don't want LeBron to come here because he'll mess up this and he'll Everybody says that until he got your team in the finals. Right. Like, I've seen... Um, Ty, he said he don't want LeBron to come to the Knicks. You say that until the Knicks are in the finals. And then you cheer like everybody else. Right. And But that's the thing to me that Kobe and Jordan really have over LeBron is they had – first of all, um, Kobe had Jerry West for a lot of his career in his front office. And who is also the architect of these warriors. Right. And that's another thing. Now that you bring that up, that's the one thing I think people have undervalued in this whole run of the Warriors is that they got Jerry West in the front office. He knows if anybody in a front office in basketball knows what it takes to win a championship, it's Jerry West. Right, right. And ironically, uh-huh. Jerry West has uh, a terrible finals record like LeBron. Right. An even worse final record than LeBron. Yeah. And he's the main one saying, man, leave that boy alone about that goddamn finals record. That shit don't mean nothing. Because it's like I always say in the group, too. You got to look. Three is three. Like, we could we can chop it up to he lost. What? Three is three. You know how many motherfuckers would kill for three rings? Said Patrick Ewing, Reggie Miller, so yeah. like that's that's the shit that like gets me frustrated when we talk about LeBron. It's like people act like this three is like I've never seen three rings be more undervalued in my life. Well, especially uh, 
the uh, the third one. I mean, that Cleveland ring to me is worth a good four or five. And that's what you, that's what you always that's what you see me say the other day on my pages. No matter what happens, he beat the greatest regular season team of all time with the unanimous MVP. And they they wasn't supposed to. People forget. We could look at it now and say Cleveland won. They was no way, shape, or form was Cleveland supposed to win that series in 2016. At all. Nothing. No reason. Not, not the regular season didn't tell you that. The awards didn't tell you that. Being down three one, if they had to do it again right now, I wouldn't be picking Cleveland. See, and and it's funny to me because it's only been two years, but it's like revisionist history will have you thinking that what happened that year was supposed to happen, and that's yeah. that's why they had to get. Kevin Durant because what happened to them the year before was supposed to happen. That wasn't supposed to happen. No, not at all. It was not. It it's fucked so- up that it did. <laughs> and that's what kills me to to is when people try to say, "Oh, he's not a Jordan or he's not a Kobe." Man, that man when it was three one and his back was against the wall, he came through. Four times, well, three times. Led both teams in everything. Right, he he saw, and that's and you got to look back in a lot of points in his career when his back was against the wall. He saw what it was, and he did what he needed to do. But how were you supposed to be two of the greatest three point shooters of all time? The argue the greatest scorer, the greatest pure scorer since Jordan. And Draymond Green. Like, yeah. they've proven that they're so good, they don't even need Curry to be on the sideline for them to, to maintain their team. Right, yeah, that's true. That's true, but then that goes back to what you said about Jerry West, man. And that, you know, it's like you said, too, we, um, we seem to understand clearly, I guess because it's right in our face, that every player is not created equal. We understand that. But when it comes to uh, coaches, assistant coaches, managers, or GMs, or presidents, or owners, it seems that gets lost in it. We don't understand that all those guys, everybody, the Cavaliers don't have a Jerry West. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like most of these teams, right? The, the reason why, if you really look at it, how many teams would you say – are are good to great teams in the NBA. Maybe a little less than half. To have half of a league only be good, that's because most of these guys that own these teams, they're not in it for the basketball. They're in it to make money. It's a business opportunity. Absolutely. And, and a lot of them get paid so much that even if the team is up, they going home with a fat knot in their pocket, so they don't give a shit. Right, and they have, they don't just own that team, they own other things that relate, that can relate to the team. Like, absolutely. Like, the um, James Dolan owns a cable company out here, so if he owns a cable company out here, he's trying to do things for TV. He's not trying to, he's not trying to put the best team on the floor. He's trying to get you a superstar so you can watch. 
Right. And that it's like now see half of that it makes you wonder, right? Because it, just take us casual fans or take let's go specifically to the group. Let's take GSPN. Uh-huh. And we all become team owners. Um because of like the mystique or the myth of Michael Jordan if we all became team owners, there would be some guys in the group that would act just like James Dolan because they would say, well, all I got to do is draft Michael Jordan and watch me run these rings off. Right, and it doesn't – and that's uh, – Michael Jordan, this is the thing people don't realize too. He wasn't projected to become the greatest basketball player that ever lived when he got drafted. Or if that was the case, he wouldn't have got drafted third. Right. He was he was a a great player coming out of college, but he wasn't Michael Jordan just yet. You know what I mean? Right, yeah. I mean that's why he got drafted third. Right. And another thing people don't factor in is his time the timing of his ascension to the top of the league happened with a lot of people falling off. Absolutely. I, now, look, now we talking because, and I am a Bulls fan. Right. But um, I will say this, and, and this is what a lot of people don't give credit to. When you're a fan, and like uh, I would imagine a Golden State Warrior fan right now, but when it's when a team is your team and you understand them and you really uh, look at the playoff tree of whatever year it may be, ninety. I won't say 91, but uh, – um, 93, 96, 7, 8. When you look at that playoff tree, I remember as a kid looking at it like, ain't nobody going to beat us. Who's going to beat us? Right. And, and, you know, a lot of times I think people forget, on the flip side of it, a lot of times I think people forget that the Sonics won 64 games, um, Utah won however many games they won, and that Carl Malone was the MVP one of those years. But it was like, and this is where I give credit. He was so good that it didn't matter. Like, no matter who went up against him at a certain point, you were just like, listen, it doesn't matter what they do, what their record is. They're not beating this nigga, man. Like, he's – but when you look at LeBron's situation with the Warriors, right now, as it stands with his teams – how is he supposed to beat that? Right. Or anybody else. It's like, well, we all looking at him like, oh, LeBron can't beat him. All right, who's the next guy up? Who, right. Who, who else has fans? But it's like, it's like I said, it's, every year we do this cycle of um, where it's like, oh, he ain't shit, he's garbage. And then this person is the new best player in the world, right? And... Yep. Then October comes around and he's balling his ass off, and we're back to LeBron's the best player in the world. Right, right, yeah, that's what that's how it happened. And the whole, you know, right after the finals, the Jordan LeBron debate is dead. I don't want to hear it anymore. It's dead. It's dead. It's dead. And then, and then soon as he balls his ass off again, it, all the debate is back on. I remember specifically after the 2017 finals, the same shit. I don't want to hear it again. It's over. It's no comparison. Then we get to May. It's always he better than Jordan. Right. That's how it goes. And I, like I always tell people, 
I don't care what you like. All right, team wise, Jordan obviously is the better player because he won six championships, right? Right. But right. on an individual level, we've never seen anybody at his size and his weight and his position that can do everything LeBron James could do. No, no, we've never seen physically. I don't, you know, I think resume wise and all that, I think it's definitely debatable amongst Jordan, LeBron, and a few other guys. Uh, but I think physically, there's, I don't, I won't even entertain the debate. Physically, I've never seen anything like LeBron James in right. any sport. But then when you break it down on a team level, then is Jordan was better than him. You could say Kobe was better. You could say Tim Duncan. But, when you when you look at it, the only person I can really say when you look at it, when you watch, the only person I will give that you can say is better than LeBron is Michael Jordan. Because even though I hated him, I hated the book, I watched every Jordan game there was because the the only time that motherfucker was on TV every time. Yeah. He was NBC in the 90s. Like NBC oh, and Michael Jordan are synonymous with one another in the nineties. All right, man, let's do the song one time for the people. How does it go? Oh yeah. Oh man, I I always get the two fucked up the ABC one and the NBC one because they almost sound alike. But yeah, man, that that's you know what I'm saying. Like he was Michael Jordan, whether you liked him, whether you didn't like him, he was an event. Yeah, he was. And whether people like LeBron or not, win or lose, to watch him play is an event. It is, man. And you know what? I would say this too, man. They gonna they gonna miss him when he gone, man. Because I was a I was a big Kobe critic and hater for a long time, but uh, I, I I missed the fuck out of Kobe, man. But, Just watching him, even if rooting against him. But it's like I it's like I say, man. I think. When people like Jordan and Kobe and LeBron retire, when they're playing, we'll bring up the flaws. But when they leave, it's, you forget all that because now you don't have it. Right. Absolutely. And that's what that's what's going on right now. And you don't have you in the history of the NBA, you don't have a LeBron or Kobe or Michael Jordan. For as much as we say Kobe was like Jordan and he copied Jordan, man, as much as I talk shit about Kobe, I never he's like Kobe. Wait, you said say that again? I said for as much shit as I talk about Kobe, I've never seen a motherfucker play through injuries like Kobe. Oh, yeah. Yeah, not in not in basketball anyway. Yeah, man, he, he would go out there with broken fingers, broken toes, sprain this, sprain that. And, I mean, Iverson did it, but he didn't get far. Yeah, man, it don't, it don't work for everybody. You know, people got – and then Iverson's a lot smaller of a guy, too. It's like if you take away his quickness, right? That's, you know, that's a problem. See, and that and that was he's he's my Iverson's my second favorite player of all time. 
But I knew he was one of those guys that once he aged, his game wasn't going to translate well to his age. That's why he only really played in the NBA till he was 34, 35. Okay, now in relation to that, let me ask you, because you you, you mentioned his style of play, um, you know, not aging well, basically. And I got a, I, I got a thought on that. Um, what do you see happening as he ages with Russell Westbrook? Um, the same thing. If he doesn't get a more consistent shot. Yeah, I'm wary for him, man. I won't even lie to you. It's like I'm thinking, like, it's nice now because you can blow by everybody. You can jump over everybody, whatever. But I don't see anything in his game. Like, um, that video I put up of Elvin Hayes, I had I had no idea. But you see young Michael Jordan interviewing Elvin Hayes. And Michael uh-huh. Jordan you know, took took the man's move. That's that's Elvin Hayes' fadeaway. Right. Or a turnaround jumper, however you want to word it. But um, that move probably saved Michael Jordan's career. Like, yeah, you know, because, not, not funny. because by the time, okay, like, I was born in 84, right? So I was born the year Jordan came into the league. So obviously, I didn't remember Jordan in 87, 88, 80, even 89. I was too young for all that. So right. by, by the time I really, really got into basketball like that, he was retired those two years. And then when he came back, he wasn't a dunker. He shot fadeaways. And that's that was his move, was that fadeaway. That was it, and there was nothing you could do about it. Right. and I, you, It's crazy to me how now that he's been retired, people forget how lethal that fadeaway was. Like everybody talks about the jumping and the dunking. That fadeaway was lethal. Yeah, it was a it was you know what I look at it like um I really got it from Elvin Hayes, but when I think about Kareem, right. and it's basically you know having something in your arsenal that you can go to that you know is unstoppable, and and you know Dirk can pull up, you can't reach it, you can't you, you can't jump as high as he can put the ball up. Same with Durant, right? You know, he put the ball over your head, he just pretty much dropping it in the basket from wherever he right. is on the court. So, you know, go ahead. Even LeBron, now that he's getting older, if you notice, he's not – he still dunks, but it may only be once or twice a game. He, people don't realize he developed a jumper. He didn't – he couldn't shoot for shit when he first got in the league. No. No, he was a, he was a football player running around the, the court. Right. If you remember in the in the 2007 finals, their whole their whole thing was just keep him away from the basket because he can't shoot. Yep. And that that became everybody's formula to beat LeBron after a while was keep him away from the basket because he can't shoot. And now he can shoot. So how do you stop him? You know what? I always look at players like that. Um, if I think back to Michael Jordan, uh, the way Larry Brown stopped Shaq, if I was coaching a team, that would be my formula to, to beat anybody. Like, yeah, I'm a, that, that one guy. We I got a seven-game series with you. You got Kirby. You got Jordan. You got Kobe. Whoever it is you got, 
I'm gonna lax the defense on him. I'm gonna let him kill me. Right. I'm gonna kill Hitchman. But see, if you notice what the Warriors did this finals, right? The first game they let him get his fifty-one, right? They didn't. Uh-huh. Really, they didn't really guard him that tough that first game. After that first game, every time he got the ball, they doubled him. Right. Because then it was now we're gonna make the rest of these whack motherfuckers beat us. Because right, right, and and um another thing I always argue with people, especially in the group, when they start talking about when he got uh Kevin Love and he got Kyrie, these people weren't winning before LeBron came along. Absolutely, that's real. Now, that, now, now, you know, I will say to back them up a little bit because I like Kevin Love, man. So that's not to say that they aren't good players, but fact of the matter is, no, they were not the reason a team was winning at all. And well, people say the the East been weak LeBron's whole career. That includes the four years Kyrie was in Cleveland by himself. He couldn't get that weak ass team to the to the eighth seed. And and it's like I always say, it's like you can have all the stats in the world, right? What good is it if you're not winning? Like people, people bring up, oh, um, Kevin Love was twenty and ten before LeBron, and what did he win? Where was he going? You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. I mean, you know what, man? I didn't mean to even. I don't. I don't even know how we got into the LeBron thing. But what you just said reminded me of what you said earlier when you said, "What did he win?" And earlier you you brought up a really good point, something that I think has changed my mind, and I'm going to uh, talk to the group about this later too, man. Maybe we do something in the comments when I post this uh, in a couple hours. Uh-huh. Um, Brad Stevens, man. I've never heard nobody say what you said, and I'm, I'm really, you know, sitting here thinking about it. We give that man all the credit in the world for almost getting shit done. When I think about it. Like what? What's his crowning achievement? Does he have one yet? Right, he's never done. He's almost gotten teams to places, but never got them there, and that's what we reward him for. And it, and then what do you what do you like? Uh, you know, it's like um, let's take if Brad Stevens was LeBron, then you know the argument would be well he look at last year he didn't have no help. Right. Look at this year. Kyrie and the white guy was injured. So it's kind of the, he would get the same argument with that. But the critics that criticize LeBron, the first thing they say, oh, he ain't have enough help. He didn't have enough help. So for Brad Stevens, if I'm playing that role and I'm saying, oh, he didn't have enough help. Right. It, it does kind of make you like, well, damn, are we making excuses for him? It, I mean. Right. Because the argument was he was a great coach because he was doing it without Kyrie. And without Gordon Hayward, which I don't even think we could count what Gordon Hayward would have done because he didn't he played a few minutes in one game all season. So you don't know how his season would have turned out. Right. And you know what? One thing we know, we've watched enough basketball and been around enough years to know that chemistry is a motherfucker. You could have the, the, the five best players in the league. You put them all together on a team. They right. might still win. It don't mean that it's going to look good. It don't mean that it's going to mess well. It don't mean that it's going to click when they first do it. Right. 
And my my favorite, like, all right, like Gordon Hayward is another one. He was great as a he. I wouldn't even say he was, he was a a good player in Utah, right? But yep. where, where where did they go? And my favorite person to use for that example is Kevin Martin. If you remember, Kevin Martin was nice on bad. Yeah, he was. Ugly shot, nice game. On bad teams. But when he got to OKC, he was on the bench. Right. Because the, you can you can score 20 and get 10 rebounds on bad teams and you might be a good individual player. But what does that matter if you can't win? If you can't even get close to winning, Kevin Love wasn't close. He wasn't even close to winning before he came to Cleveland. That's real. That's real. And 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 it's crazy because when we were talking about Kyrie earlier, and we brought up the fact that he's done nothing without Brian or nothing without Brad Stevens. When you look at Kyrie and Kevin Love, not only had neither one of them made the playoffs uh, prior to LeBron, but their very first playoff run, they get to the finals sitting on the bench. LeBron takes right. them to the finals. They wasn't even – he won two games with Matthew Dellavedova. Right. And then you got to look at – we say the East is weak, right? But Kyrie wasn't even making the playoffs in the weak East. Without LeBron. Right, that's real. So it's like that's that's why like I get into these the disagreements with people in the group because it's like they talk about LeBron as if like he's like fucking Carmelo. And that's not the and that's not take Carmelo at his best was one of the best scorers in the league. But that's it. But that's it. That's all he and he, I. I really wish Melo would have attempted defense. Right. Even if you even want to go back further, like we talking about, like people who we say were good or were nice. Bernard King for the Knicks. He was good as an individual, but where did these teams go? Right. That's real. So it's you got you got to look at it like all right, this person did this and this and this before LeBron got there, but what did their teams do? That's real. Now the only I would I would attempt to make a defense for Kyrie and say, well, he's got Dan Gilbert as this, and and the team is you know the Cavaliers suck. Let's just be honest. Historically, they suck, and. Um, but I guess I, I really couldn't make that argument because you would be able to say, well, shit, LeBron had that team in the playoffs year after year in the big-ass East. Right. But then even even with Kyrie, even if you couldn't make the argument about what LeBron did, look at him now in Boston. They, they won regardless. They got as far as they got without him. So it did. And they are nice, man. I really like the way they built and everything. Right, and this is when I think we, it goes back to we undervalue systems, we undervalue coaches, we undervalue front office and everything. Because 
a lot of people as as individual players, we could look at their numbers and say they were great, but did they have the right management? Did they have the right coach? Did they have any of that? It all adds up to a, it, 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 man. It adds up to a lot. It's like it, there's a lot to consider. Like you, you even got to look at the history of LeBron's coaches. He had Paul Silas, uh, Mike Brown, Eric Spolstra, the other the dude from Israel, wherever he was from. And, yeah, yeah, and Tyron Lue. None of the uh, Eric Spoelstra is the best coach out of that bunch. And I'm not even, you know, I, w- I won't go into it because Drew and Jermaine, they're going to hear talk shit to me, but I never really believed in Eric Spoelstra. I, like, I'm not going to take nothing away from him because I think he's a good coach, but when you have a LeBron on your team, he'll make you look like a much better coach. Yeah, I think I think he's a great defensive mind. I look at him in the same light. I kind of look at Thibodeau like, uh, I think they're good on defense. But shit, to win games, you got to fucking score points, and you got some of the best players in the league, and you ain't scoring no fucking points. Because even all right, even with Mike Brown, right? You could say like, oh, he had Mike Brown, and Mike Brown got them the sixty plus wins two years in a row. What did Mike Brown do on the Lakers? Get get looked at funny and fired. Right, and he had he had Kobe. Granted, it was an older Kobe, but he had and that and, and not to sidetrack, but that is why I put LeBron over Kobe because for one, Kobe was always the guy. He had to have the situation how he wanted it for him to win. Yeah. When whenever Kobe didn't have a situation to his liking or just perfect how he wanted it, he never won. LeBron, yeah. LeBron LeBron's won in spite of coaches, in spite of players, in spite of whoever was around him, he won. Or he got his team in a position to win. Right. I somewhat agree, man. The only thing it's like um, it's like I I would have to lean a little bit toward that conference thing. I, I hate to do it because you know I'm a much bigger LeBron fan than Kobe, but Kobe was in the West. But even even with that, right? How many years was LeBron? If if the East was so weak, right? And it is. I'm not saying I'm not. I'm never gonna say the East isn't weak. But how many of those of those years? Has LeBron's team been the best team in the conference? Um, out of all the, out of all, the, you talking about just this last eight, the eight, the eight finals run? Or, oh. If we look at it right, Indiana's had better records than LeBron's. Indiana had better records than than the big three in Miami. Yeah, the Bulls did too. Yeah, the Bulls, Atlanta, Boston, um, Toronto. All these teams had better were supposed to be better teams than LeBron's team, but when it came time for it in those seven game series, he beat all of them. Right, right, and that that's kind of unfair to him too because if he wins, we say the competition was weak. If he loses, we say he should have won. Right, like 
and what was it, 2015? Atlanta won like 60 something games. So how come how come when it's LeBron is the East was weak? So was the East weak when Atlanta won 60 games, or was it it's just weak because LeBron gets to where he needs to get to? Right. That's a that's a damn good point, man. I mean, it's like you, you say the the damn were the seventy three and nine Warriors weak. They lost too. Right. Uh, this that's the shit that kills me too. If you if you want to say it like that, two teams, only two teams made it to the last four finals. That means the whole NBA is weak to me. And you know what? I don't think that they, I, I definitely don't think the whole NBA is weak. I just think. We have a situation right now where one team has such a large leap on other teams and one man has such a large gap between him and the second best player. But look, I mean, you know, so- but look see, that's when you have to make the argument that LeBron just made. You just said one team has a leap on the whole league, but one man has a, a leap on the whole conference. So one man is second place to a whole team. Absolutely. That's how it is right now. So it could easily be made that he may be the greatest the great the greatest player of all time. Because even oh, yeah. even with Will Chamberlain and oh, man, you gotta excuse all the banging and shit going on. But right. No, I thought I was like this nigga building a club. <laughs> <laughs> no, but even with Will Chamberlain and all his numbers and everything he did, um, stat wise, he got two championships. Yeah, and you know that's a big one too, man. Okay, you look at his stats. Okay, this motherfucker have fifty points a game and thirty rebounds a game, and they lost. If you were like a um a writer, or let's say Skip Bayless was around back then, and he just Wilt just doesn't have it, what the fuck do you want him to do? Fifty points and thirty rebounds. What do you want him to do? Right, but then we use championships. We use championships to discourage. A lo- even we use championships to even discourage a Kobe from being better than Michael Jordan because I think people so stuck on who he was that they're not willing to let anybody else get in that space mm-hmm. because he came along he to me like he's the same thing as like as like he came along with television right so like when television became as big as it could possibly get, Michael Jordan was right there. So we got to see it. So when you get to see it, it's like, oh, can't nobody be better than this guy. But then, and what other sport, right? Is somebody the greatest player of all time, and they don't lead in any category except for points per game, and they and barely got that. Right, and you say barely, that's exactly the right word, because barely, barely, not even four points. Right, so in football, in football, would you would you consider somebody that had, uh, if the benchmark is five championships in football, right, and Tom Brady's the greatest, that would be a ball to somebody having no championships. You see what I'm saying? Because Michael Jordan has five less championships than Bill Russell. But he's 
that makes sense? He doesn't. He doesn't have the most points of all time. He he obviously doesn't have the most assists, the most rebounds, the most anything of all time. He has the most scoring titles of all time, and that's the greatest. That's the that's what we consider the goat. And what other sport would that be acceptable? Good mm. ass question, man. But it's well. One thing I would say to that off the top, that kind of, um, I guess my only defense against that, I would just say, there's no sport really like that. Right, and I, I would give you that. But I'm just saying, if we go on by the standards in sport that we 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 give every other sport, why is that excluded? When it even wrestling scripted, but we consider most people consider Ric Flair the greatest wrestler of all time because he has the most championships, right? Yeah, well, you know, most gonna say the Hulk Hogan. They'll say him yeah. and Shawn Michaels. Those two are pretty much the ones up there. And if you say Hogan, it's for the same reason you would say Jordan, because that's the guy we saw. That's the popular answer, absolutely. All right, that's the guy that Hogan's the guy we grew up with, but and that's the guy that brought a lot of us. See, that's the thing. Jordan's the guy that brought a lot of us into basketball because I don't like Jordan, but he was the one of the main reasons why I started watching basketball. Right, and, and that, I guess the opinion part of the opinion comes uh, from nostalgia, you know. Right, and I'm not saying he doesn't have a. He clearly has a case to be the greatest basketball player of all time. But when you look at it and you break it down realistically, he doesn't have anything that you can say he was the greatest of all time at this, other than into the game and scoring titles. Hey, you know what? I'm gonna say this about points per game, and and, you, and we all heard this in school. They tell you it's easier to get an A than it is to keep an A. Right. So I I say that to say when you when you only play 13 seasons in comparison to guys who play 20, 19, 18 seasons, it's a lot easier to keep that scoring average up. And you know, even guys that that even count. They count to fifteen because if they played in Washington, they'll still hit you with the. Well, his scoring average would have been higher if it wasn't for the years in Washington. It's like, what should I get? So thirteen right. years compared to twenty. Right, like LeBron is in year fifteen, and he's probably gonna play. I say maybe five or six more years, so that'll give him twenty twenty one years. We don't know what his averages are gonna look like by then. Kobe started his career on the bench. So that obviously takes away some of his numbers. And then you still have to factor in the end of his career where he lost numbers. Right. And you got to, like, the way the same way we factor in Shaq for him when we say, well, he got five rings. Well, yeah, he had Shaq for three of them. Well, yeah, Kobe might have been scoring 40 points a game at that time. The same way Mike was. Right. But then... But then my thing has always been, if you take Shaq off of those Lakers teams and you leave a young Kobe, how far do you think that team is getting? Uh, it, I would just say it depends on what you replace Shaq with. Because 
and I, and I relate back to um to late in not well not late in Kobe's career, but Kobe's second uh three times going when he won the two rings over Orlando and Boston. Yeah. Um, he didn't have a sack, but when you really look at the numbers, man, um, the Saul and Bynum were able to kind of simulate the same numbers that Shaq was giving you. So Kobe just needed a close presence, and he had it with Odom. That's all in uh, But you see, a lot of people don't talk about that either. Is getting Casal in 2008 changed that whole season around. Absolutely did. They went from a team that everybody was looking like it was going to be a repeat of. They might get knocked out in the first round to, oh, they're going to get, they're going to go to the finals. Right. And Gasol, Gasol gets under – a lot of people, even in LeBron's case, a lot of people get underestimated to prove the case for whoever. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, because guys are so focused on trying to discredit somebody or credit somebody else that they skew everything else up when it comes to these right. legacies. And a lot of times I don't – like, we're talking now, and I could get in-depth with you about how I think about things and break certain things. I don't do it in a group because I'll be there all day with them writing paragraphs, and I don't feel like doing it. I hear that, bro. So sometimes I just let people have – like, you've seen a couple times I told people, like, all right, you can have – I don't feel like doing it, so I'm not going to – you got it. Yeah, like, I'm just going to let – yeah, sometimes you got to do that, man, because you – you could really end up typing all day in that motherfucker. Right. Hey, man, but I'm, um, I'm going to get up out of here because they doing a knocking. It's really messing me up. But this was definitely, we got to have more of these conversations, man. Yeah, man, whenever you available, man, I'm on. I tell, I tell everybody on the group, man, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm on the truck. I, I stay gone for weeks at a time, so. When I'm just parked, not doing shit, and I got a good signal, man, you, if you hit me up anytime and say, let's do a show, if I if I got the time, man, I'll definitely get back on here with you. All right, man, definitely. It was good talking to you, though, man. You too, though, bro. Uh, stay tuned in. I'm going to probably get this up in the next uh, – I should have it up in the next hour or so. All right, man, definitely. All right, man, be easy. You too.